With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on YouTube as Edgework there. Make sure to go over there, subscribe. You can like this stream. And if you want to comment in real time, you can do so on the YouTube channel. Unfortunately, we don't see it on Twitter in real time. But if you do want to follow us on Twitter to know when we are going live, you can do so by following the Edgework show on Twitter. You can also track all the picks that are given out on this show in real time and throughout the course of the season. Uh, right now, we are up 22 units on the season on Edgework. You can find that on the Betstamp app in the Find Better section as Edgework there. Uh, we get Andy back today. I mean, if you're following That's along... That's why you're the, up 22 in, units. Yeah. I was off. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was gone. Is that a bit? <laughs> Exactly. And he goes away, wins some bets, get the account up quickly, and now it'll start to taper off as, as he returns here. But <laughs> um, if uh, people notice the thumbnail for this video, the stream that was that's on right now, you notice that I included the uh, the photo of Connor Bedard and the phrase that I I'm. Going we're not with talking. No, we're not. We're not talking about Connor Bedard right now. That was a no. team win. That was a team <laughs> win, Zach. We're we're not talking about an individual right now. Okay, we went over this with Connor Bedard. He doesn't want to talk about himself. We're not going to talk about him. Okay, Zach, got it. All right, my bad, my bad. So we'll stay away from Connor <laughs> Bedard specifically, but I do have a question for you guys. I'm curious because after the Canada game last night, they do have the interview that Andy's referring to where he goes up there and says, oh, we're not talking about me. This is the team win. But after the fact, it's obviously the conversation is Connor Bedard is a generational talent. Now, yeah. Connor Bedard is not the first player to be considered a generational talent, but recently the word generational in terms of players that are coming up, prospects that are coming up, has been thrown out there quite frequently, quite loosely. So I'm curious to hear from you guys. We'll go roundtable discussion on this one. But Rob, like, what is a generational talent? And is the word generational being thrown around too often to describe these prospects coming up right now? I think to the latter question, yes. Um, in terms of how I would define a generational talent, it's somebody who's going to end up like basically a can't-miss prospect at the NHL level that's going to end up as a superstar. That's purely how I see it. Connor McDavid, generational talent, right? When he was coming up and that um, you know proved to be the case as he went into the NHL. I Listen, I'm not like a you know, an advanced scout in junior. I can't say that I've watched a, a ton of Connor Bedard other than what I've heard about him. But in watching this tournament, it's very, very clear that he is by far the best player on the ice. Like, you know, he jumps over the boards, Canada gets possession, it's going to be in the offensive zone for the like the entirety of when he's on the ice. And um, I was like super impressed with him in this tournament. Not only like goal scoring, just everything about him. Passing ability, like the, the cross ice pass a couple games ago against the U.S. Like he is absurdly good. So... I don't know, but like, seems to me like if I was a team in the NHL right now that had a chance to tank 
to get that first overall pick, I would be doing whatever I could to be taken. And the San Jose Sharks, as Andy points to his hat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now Alex with the Blackhawks jersey right now. <laughs> yeah. You should have worn your yeah, I don't know. hat. No, 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 no. Here, um, let's pump the brakes here for a second. Far from that. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I just laughed last night because the first thing I saw, I wasn't watching the, the Leafs game last night, but I saw Myrtle tweet out. He's, and he, he's always good for some, some you know, f- I don't know foolish tweets but uh he, he tweeted out that uh that oh we're 10 minutes in and seattle doesn't have a shot uh yet and then i looked at the score like i don't know maybe 10 minutes later and i was like well what's happening here <laughs> any leafs fan could tell you that that is usually the case yeah dominate early get blown out in the game but uh yeah but toronto, toronto media not too happy today uh, the return of morgan riley apparently has set them back yeah. <laughs> oh it's the downfall of the leafs it's yeah. the, it's the that's what's going to hold them back um, I, I just wanted to touch on Bedard. I mean, as far as, yeah, I think I like echo what you and Rob said, the, the generational tag gets thrown around a lot. Um, but I think, you know, like the facts kind of speak for themselves. Even if you haven't watched Bedard play, he's only what the seventh player to be granted exceptional status into the CHL. He's the first ever player in the WHL to be, to be granted that status. So, I mean, I think that says it all right there. Right. I mean, he's, he's being, described as maybe the best best scorer best pure shooter that that scouts have ever saw and uh you know scouts they they you know they get lots of things wrong but i think i think there's a a pretty good a pretty strong consensus opinion on that yeah absolutely and then when you hear the quote last night which you referenced andy at the beginning of the show where you thought you know this isn't about me this is a you know a team win those are the kind of things that gms in the nhl love to hear they want to you know this guy could have the, the biggest head in the world right now, and it would be warranted because he is a, a superstar uh, in the making. But the fact that he's still a team player right now and has that mentality uh, to be this young and, and be uh, this, you know, have this kind of poise uh, and just it's a great fit right now. I mean, I saw there's a bunch I still of think teams. he was way too aggressive. I was like, dude, chill the hell out, man. Yeah. Like, I was like, relax. You just won. Like, chill out. I know you're, you know, I know I get, your, I get the point you're trying to make, but like, relax. So, yeah. like, yeah. we're not talking about me right now. We're not talking. Like, it's like, okay, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was almost, it was Have almost a cigarette, a Richard, dude. Almost a Richard Sherman moment, the way he was, uh, the intensity that he brought with that one. But, but yeah, to have that kind of maturity, though. And like I said, you know, in due time he will blossom once he gets into the league. But it's just he just seems to be a great fit. Like I said, that generational talent phrase is thrown out way too much. But I'm seeing the same things that I saw from him that I saw out of Sidney Crosby, out of Patrick Kane, out of Connor McDavid. Those are the generational talent types, and those are the kind of that's like the kind of player that he seems to be uh, moving forward. Yeah, and before we get into some other stuff, I just want to quickly shout out the chat yesterday that was in uh, watching with Al- uh, watching Alex and I. Don Schultz came in. He was liked uh, liked Soros yesterday to steal a win. Pitched yeah. that as a bet. Yeah, could you, could you have called that any better? I mean, yeah. like if if your handicap was Soros is going to steal this game, it was not it quite not, literally. Hey, was. Nashville's yeah. a good team, and they're going to beat Carolina. Like, because that's not what happened. 
it was it was all sorrows. That's it, it, I mean, good job, Don. Good job. No, no, quite literally, Don <laughs> came in and said to Alex, "I think Soros will steal this one tonight against Carolina." <laughs> like thoughts. And we and talked I, and, about yeah. it, <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, Kachekov might be back." And then I doubt he lays another egg, and then all of a sudden, Soros goes to set the record. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, there you go. There's the chat participating we, uh, in that. Why don't we talk about the the, the predators while we're we're on this subject? Because yeah. um, they've been on a little bit of a run lately. Uh, uh, six out of their last eight games, they scored at least four goals, but they still grayed out as one of the worst offensive teams uh, in, in hockey. And I don't think I would you know, kind of lean towards this being a bit of an aberration probably more than anything. Um, uh, I think, you know, they played Montreal. Um, who else? I, I'm trying to kind of losing it right now. But they've had some, you know, weaker opponents that they should have been expected to put goals up on. Uh, Capitals. Yeah, the Ducks, the Habs. Yeah, the Ducks, um, that was one. The yeah. Hawks. Worst team, worst defensive team in, in modern history, I guess, the, the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Nashville, I mean, um, definitely maybe some, uh, you know, there's some good things about this team, but a lot of their, um, you know, the, a, a lot of their, their wins have come on the back of Saros. Lankinen doesn't start enough to really get a feel for for what he is i mean he's had a good he's been good this year but um really small sample eight games uh lingren and kemper kemper started last night he, he he's been really good for washington but lingren's been been great and uh and you know combined kemper and lingren have allowed two or fewer goals uh in the majority of their last 15 games i think 11 of their last 15 games um so uh washington i think one of the more maybe the most underrated defensive team in the league and this is dating back earlier than this season they were a great defensive team last year too um and their offense is getting the job done they've scored over or four or more goals in 11 of their last uh, 14 games and um you know that's that's kind of bad news for 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 nashville today and we've also got a, a pretty strong possibility i think uh rob will touch on this too that we see see nicholas backstrom and or tom wilson i think we'll only see one of them today but nick dowd is back and like i said lindgren has been really strong for the caps so um i like washington today at minus 155 up to minus 160 i think there's enough upside there to, to justify betting on them right now um and i did that so oh pinnacles moved to minus 165. Nice 165. yeah I, I don't know if that was us or if it happened pre-show, but I looked pre-show as well, and we were sitting at minus 155. But, yeah, you, you bring up good points, Andy. Like, to me, Nashville is still, like, I'll call it PDOing their way to success right now. Like, they're not an impressive team whenever yeah. I watch them. Uh, most of it is on the backs of Soros, and we can talk about Lankin. And, like, Lankin has played well this year, but he's still a huge downgrade from Soros. Like, this is what people don't realize, right? When you're used to getting that cons- – when you have a guy, what, what Soros now goal saved above expected? It's it's something absurd. I was looking at yesterday; it's like twenty or whatever. And when you downgrade to Lankinen, I think that's like a pretty big downgrade. Even though you have a quality backup, uh, I think Washington's going to take it to them tonight. And then you know you also look at the fact that the the game that they played last night in Carolina, right? Like they're just in <laughs> defensive mode, yeah. skating. Like that was a you know as far as back to backs concerned. It's pretty difficult to follow <laughs> Carolina and then play a game the next day just because yeah. of the amount of forecheck that Carolina has altogether. So I think there's a short price as well. There is upside with exactly what Andy said in the return of a Wilson or Backstrom. 
Um, but like you could play this in honestly any derivative that you want to. I, I personally don't mind laying minus 165 on a game if I make the game minus 180 or minus 185, but you could play the puck line. You could play the regulation line. I think any derivative of Washington is a good bet tonight. And if I could, if I could jump in again here, if, oh, Alex, do you have something to add to that? Sorry. No, 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 no you, you can jump in. Sir. Just cause Rob, Rob mentioned something, you know, I don't mind. Uh, laying minus 165 um i think one of the one of the things that drives me absolutely crazy about you know being in the the you know pick uh content business or whatever you put yourself out there andy is and uh, get no the yeah no but is <laughs> is the 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 fact that you have to pander and cater to people that have no tolerance for any sort of risk when it comes to favorites and yeah. um i've gotten flack you know the, my last two plays were minus 200 favorites the first one lost it was the first minus 200 favorite in fact it was the first game that i lost this season where my odds were minus 190 or better i was seven and oh going into uh the game that i bet on where where i bet dallas to beat anaheim a couple of nights ago uh Rob, John he Gitt- was seven and oh in his last seven yeah, uh, no, you know John. What that means John <laughs> Gibson, yeah, seven and one in your last eight. Totally, yeah. So John Gibson, most in, most impressive, maybe maybe the most impressive goaltending performance of the season against the Stars. Saved three point two goals above expected. Um, but then I come back the next night and I bet the Capitals at minus one ninety five around that area, minus two hundred, and uh, and they win easily, uh, pretty easily, I guess. But, um, you know, still got some flack for, for laying a big favorite again. I just want to point out that if all you have done for the last three NHL seasons, you know, this season, the season, and the, and the two seasons before, is lay minus 200 favorites, specifically on the road, rest it, uh, you'd be rich. You would be, like, that. Yep. it's one of the most profitable strategies. Um, you know, you're talking about games that have around a, what, 67, 60, 68 implied win probability that are hitting at an almost 75% win probability over the course of, like, two, 250, 300 picks. Um, it's, it's, it, there's no argument to be made here. Like, if you think you have an edge on one of these games, bet it and, and don't worry about the price. I, I mean, it is what it is. Like if, if I, I'd be down, I'm not having a great season. I'd be down way more if I didn't bet any minus 200 favorites. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's a good point. Although, you know, to play slight devil's advocate to what you're saying, it's a good thing that the casual better kind of maybe turns their stomach a little bit when they see a high favorite because you shouldn't just be blindly jumping and playing no. uh, chalk every night. But but like you said, at the same time, you have to assess the line. It's no different than in football or basketball. We see a team laying six when we think they should be laying double digits. It, it's You have to have that same mentality. I think it's a little harder to digest for some of the more – uh, recreational players when they see a minus 180 or minus and, 200. And those same players a lot of the time will say, "Oh, like I'm, I'm I like the I like that team, but I'm going to I'm going to take the puck line instead." It's like, "Dude, that's the same thing." If you're it, you know, it's it, you're laying one and a half goals instead of minus 200. It's the same it's the same thing. Like just yeah. I mean, I don't know. People people don't get it. That's fine. And uh but I I just hate trying to pander to that and, you know, make picks. I honestly don't give out as many bets as I make personally. Because because a lot of those, like a lot of favorite bets and stuff. So I'm kind of looking for the ones that I feel people can kind of get behind. But, um, you know, in general, every day I'm there's I'm betting favorites every every almost every day of the week uh, throughout this NHL season, uh, bigger favorites. And um, they've been some of my better plays this season. So I, I don't know. It's maybe I should stop pandering to people and stop caring, what, what, what you know, about their risk tolerance. Right. Like do what works. Well, you know? listen, I think. 
at the end of the day, I, I think it's about just like being authentic, right? And like, no. if, I, if I'm going to bet something that's minus 230, then I'll give it out as minus 230. Like, I don't care. Um, I, I think that it, it just, you know, value is value, right? And yeah. if people have different risk thresholds. And my friends, for example, they never want to lay a big price on a hockey hockey bet they don't want to lay minus 300 like the game is way too random i don't want to lay minus 300 i'd rather just take the minus i don't either and a half <laughs> minus 25 and i get it but like for me um yeah my risk tolerance is maybe a little bit higher if i see value on something i'll hit it. somebody in the chat said i once laid minus 5,000. sure i mean if you made the thing like minus 50,000, then he's a bad man no but as far as minus 300 i'm not really looking to play minus 300 i'm just saying there's there are some very specific like without getting into it too much because it would take a little bit longer to really get into it but there are uh, uh there's a there are a group of teams you can say anaheim chicago columbus and we can go through like like those bottom kind of barrel teams have virtually no home ice advantage and if they do have a home ice advantage it's very small it's really indiscreet and they aren't priced like that. They are priced as if they have some sort of home ice advantage. And as a result, you get a lot of games throughout the season where you get some, you know, maybe not subpar or not mediocre teams, but, you know, closer to average than elite kind of teams that are coming in here, that, uh, specifically teams with good offenses that come in and they destroy these teams on a regular basis. And, um, you know, it's on their home ice. They're expected to get more wins than they do and they don't. And it hasn't really been corrected in the market. That's one thing that I've noticed over the last few years. So, um, I think I think you really have to take a hard look at that. All right. Uh, before we get into the next game here, I want to know something that happened the other day. I saw both Andy and Rob talking about it. I was watching the Canada game, so I didn't catch it in real time. I basically was trying to follow along with it on Twitter, and that was the goaltending situation in Tampa. Uh, Rob, what went down before the Tampa Bay game <laughs> in net with, uh, with their goaltenders the other night? So... Um... I, I pay someone to to cover <clears throat> NHL news for me, right? And you know, he there's a chat box, and whenever he sees something of value, he's gonna say like, "Go on this now, go now." You know, Halakin Net Rangers, go now, right? Downgrade from Justerkin. This guy probably had a stroke on that night. <laughs> the amount he's like. I have no idea who's in net for Tampa, and, and he was just going back and forth. Is like, it's Elliot, go now. Like, no, wait a second, could be Vasilevsky. He's on the ice. And like, I'm trying to filter through Twitter as well and, and figure out what's going on here. There's conflicting reports. And like, I don't want to say that people were just taking guesses, but it almost felt like people were, the beat reporters for that game were just taking guesses as to who was going to be on the ice. And um, Andy, you're, you're muted. Thank God you're muted. And you're, you know, I would say 100%. Oh, 100%. Okay, yeah. <laughs> They're taking um, guesses. <laughs> yes. So we, we had a period of time where the market was just bouncing back and forth on reports of different goalies starting for the game. And uh, I mean, listen, sometimes when that happens, it can work in your favor as a better. Uh, but sometimes it's just really, really annoying. And in this case, you know, it was really, really annoying. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not pining for some sort of situation where teams like have no. to announce their goalie or anything. But if you're gonna put something out there, like as a, as a beat reporter at the game, like be pretty sure that what you're putting out there is accurate information. Like just don't guess at what's going on. So 
Uh, I know you had probably a different experience and or similar experience, I think, Andy. Maybe me and you were some of the few people paying attention to what was going on there, but uh, I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost got gassed by, by what went on there um, because it was so close to game line, game time that you kind of don't expect the mistakes to happen in that way. You know, like you're you're almost expecting um, it's it's warm up time. Uh, if if somebody's tweeting out about starting goaltenders, that means they've either seen a, a you know roster uh, or they've they've watched this this goaltender lead the team onto the ice. But only one reporter out of the you know there was the, there was three. I think three main kind of players in this little debacle here. Uh, Eduardo Encina of the Tampa Bay Times. Um, I forget the gentleman's name from, uh, his name is Dane, M- M- I forget his last name. But anyways, he's from the the, the uh, Pioneer Press, I think, in, in Minnesota. And the third person was uh, Lightning Insider on Twitter, uh, kind of like a you know well-known Beat, beat writer, lightning insider for the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And um, so what happened there was uh, uh, the, 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 the gentleman from Minnesota tweeted out that it was going to be Gustafson for the Wild and uh, the great Andre Vasilevsky for the Lightning. And that kind of sent everything into a frenzy. But at the exact same time, we're talking like 9.14 Eastern, the exact same time, um, and Cena from the Tampa Bay Times, who was actually at the game, which I assume the, the fellow from Minnesota was too, but uh, this is a Lightning reporter who is actually at the game. He tweets out uh, that Brian Elliott, who started in Chicago the night before, is leading the Lightning onto the ice. Um, and then 10 minutes later, the Lightning insider comes in and says, you know, despite the confusion, it is going to be Vasilevsky tonight, uh, according to what I'm told. But he wasn't at the game. He wasn't in Minnesota. And uh, then the other gentleman from Tampa Bay comes back and uh, kind of, you know, just reasserts everything. Well, Elliot's taking shots in line rushes. He led the team out. And now he's listed as the starter on the roster report. So there was like a lot of things you could look for in terms of kind of distinguishing good uh, reporting from bad, um, you know, the, the, the gentleman from Minnesota, he didn't provide any evidence. Uh, the, the other guy from Tampa Bay didn't provide any hard evidence, just some unnamed sources. Uh, there was only one beat reporter that was actually at the game that was providing hard evidence, and that was uh, Eduardo Encino with the, the Tampa Bay Times. So I think it was like kind of a masterclass on how it should be done with integrity. And if you are going to guess, uh, as the gentleman from Minnesota later confirmed, he was just acting on a hunch that it was going to be Vasilevsky because Tampa Bay did play the night before. We all thought it was going to be Vasilevsky. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like, you've got you've to state that. Say, like, I'm just guessing here, or I'm, uh, this is a hunch. I think Vasilevsky's going to start, but nothing has been confirmed. I don't know why that's so hard. I don't know if it's a pride thing. I don't know if it's uh, got to be first. Don't care about being right thing, but it's uh, it's really costly to people. They're like, I mean, at that time of the day, especially, uh, you know, like there could be some huge bets getting oh, yeah. put down on NHL I mean, hockey. Do you, th- you think he puts his email out there so that people could send him invoices for their their, loss, you know, <laughs> yeah. their losses if that's the case? Because uh, yeah, it's quite a different. Like it, it's not the thing is like Vasilevsky to Elliot is is one of the massive differences. Yeah, no, it's looking, an extreme like, case. So, uh, it. it I, I honestly, I be, I've been betting hockey for a long time. You get misinformation every now and then, or beat writer makes a mistake. Yeah. I've never quite experienced something like that where literally nobody could confirm like who was going to be a net. Like no one could confirm who was going to be a net. And Vasilevsky was also on the ice. He was just sick. 
as just well. barely moving. There yeah, was one exactly. video of you just standing there. He wasn't doing anything. We, but you know, uh, we're, we're trying to get in in arena feeds so that we can watch. And literally, we've done this before, where we can watch the the shoot around, right? Just to yeah. see what the number of the goalie is that's in net, and yeah. you can kind of go off of that. But yeah, what what an what a I disaster. I legitimately think though that uh, you know there are there is like a pride thing out there amongst beat writers when they can't go on the road with the team for whatever reason. Um, they, they want to act like they're there at the arena, even though they're not. And um, I, I, I think it's a problem. I mean, yeah. if your competitor is at the arena, if a, if a gentleman, you know, somebody, a, a woman or a man from another newspaper or another media outlet is at the arena, just parrot the information. Like, I mean, if everybody did that, everybody would get some love sometimes, right? As far as, yeah. you know, the reporting goes, but it's just a starting goaltender. It's like, get it right. That's the main thing. Like, we're the only ones, gamblers, DFS players, we're the only ones that care about this. Nobody else cares about this. Yeah. And Andy, you made a, a perfect point too, because you mentioned about, you know, other newspapers and other writers, except St. Paul Pioneer Press, and then there's the Minneapolis Star Tribune, and oftentimes this happens not just with the Wild, but with other sports there too. So it's it's a good point to note. And this is exactly why I've been betting hockey 11 years now, and probably for the last six of them, I've been saying that books should list goaltenders the same way they list pitchers uh, in baseball. Nah, 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 let's get out well, of here. I quit. I've got bullies or action. <laughs> 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 I don't know. It's a headache. Obviously, the books don't do that because there's like the technology is so bad on a lot of them that to integrate something like that would just be so much work. And it's hockey and not enough people care. But yeah, I mean, I you give people an option or at least they did. They've a lot yeah. of books have switched for baseball. But if you're going to give a starting pitchers option or an action option, you could do the same because the goalie is that impactful on the game. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give people the option that want to bet like that. But I, I wouldn't want that to be the only option. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. And, you know, somebody somebody brought up when I I tweet. So if you want to get like a really real summary of the timeline of events of what happened on Twitter the other night, I did kind of write a story about it on at at VEASAN.com that you can check out free to read. Um, But uh, somebody had commented like, oh, they should do what they do in the Premier League. I think he said the Premier League, uh, which is, I guess, they have to announce the the starters and the goalies an hour before the game. I. I thought about that a bit, and like, I mean, if they were going to do something, I think that would be the the like, that would be the maximum time I would want. I wouldn't want them to do it in the morning or earlier in the day. No. Like, if like no. if they go that way, I I would yeah okay an hour before the game because that still leaves a lot of the the room for chaos throughout the day and and whatnot that I I think is still valuable to us. Well, th- there are game sheets for hockey, right, that they have to submit, that the coach has to fill out and submit. They should just make those public at a certain time, even if yeah. it's half hour before the game. This is the yeah. game sheet, right? Here's the half rosters of the teams, like half hour before the game, and that would really simplify it. And here's our designate your starting goalie with a checkbox yeah. or whatever, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of the casual betters that really don't care about the odds and, and whatnot and only want to have their, you know, kind of – the 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 right comfort level to make bets which a lot of the times come you know is it has to do with who's in goal and and whatnot but uh that would that would fix it for them because a lot of them are just jumping in before the the game starts anyways and placing their bets so yep exactly 
All right, let's get to some of the bets here. Actually, let's look at that Tampa-Winnipeg game. Uh, unknown as of right now who will be in net. There's nobody confirmed, so hopefully there's no uh, Twitter goalie carousel for tonight. But looked like Vasilevsky and Hellebuck, the last I was seeing, is the two guys that were going there. Uh, I'm going to guess he it, had poopy pants or something, man. Like, I don't know, honestly. Like, he must have had the, the shits because, like, he didn't. The Paul they didn't. They, they put him on the bench, so, like, he wouldn't have been. He couldn't have been sick, like, contagiously, right? So. Well, he must stomach, have been, you know. Stomach flu, stomach flu seems to be going around because Gustafson yeah, had maybe, to leave that game with a couple minutes left to throw up. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Um, but looks like uh, this Winni- like this Winnipeg team here, they're on a three-game win streak. It looks like they're going to be getting uh, Ehlers, Perfetti, and uh, Wheeler coming back here. Rob, what do you like in the Winnipeg-Tampa game as of right now? So I tend to try to wear a hat that, uh, you know, is on the same side of the way that I would be betting the game. And it, it would be Winnipeg or nothing for me. Uh, you obviously have the upside in, in the returning players and Ehlers, Wheeler. Um, as It's tough for me to price. I mean, Winnipeg to me has been like a team that I was not high on going into the year. And then they started off really hot, getting great goaltending. Then they suffer these injuries. And I'm like, okay, here we're going to see the wheels fall off of the Jets. And it didn't happen. They just continued to play well over that the course of that stretch. I'm not a big fan, though, of uh, – listen, I mean, I mean, ultimately, I think there's value in the Winnipeg side here. But I don't like betting against Vasilevsky. Let me make that explicitly clear. And unless I yeah. feel like I'm getting, like, um, a little bit more value than normal, I'm a little bit gun-shy or hesitant to pull the trigger on these types of games. But I think this should be a true pick I have it very close to 50-50. Uh, if who I think is going to be in the Jets lineup is in there, probably will end up on the Winnipeg Jets here, but uh, might might as well just wait for confirmation at this point. Can you pull up the line history, uh, Zach, for that yes, game? Yes, I can. Um, yeah, so like I'm I'm in almost kind of total agreement with Rob. I think the Jets should be priced around minus 103. I think I had if they have that the lineup that they they ran at practice yesterday. Um, so, but what what's the movement like? How has this game moved throughout the morning? Like, where were the Jets? Uh, you know, an hour or two hours ago. I mean, honestly, a little. Oh, it's it's yeah. They 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 were at around plus one oh eight for a little bit, but yeah. that didn't last very long. Uh, I think if you look at some of the more like the rec books, that you don't have to, but I'm just saying. I think if you looked at some of the rec books, you would have saw some plus one fifteens, plus one yeah. tens out there. Um, but yeah, so I mean, a lot of the value has been kind of snatched up. There is that anticipation that they that they will get those three players back, and obviously Ehlers. I think he only played two games this season, so yeah. this is a huge. Uh, Huge boost for the Jets to get him and Wheeler back, I think, ahead of schedule a little bit. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's Winnipeg or nothing here, but I don't like bet- betting against Vasilevsky either. And I especially don't like doing so if I feel that I've, you know, kind of missed the best of it, right? So, uh, poopy pantsies and <laughs> drinking Red Bulls at nine in the morning <laughs> is poopy pants season. <laughs> Uh, and Ryan you Johnson, see me. I gotta, I gotta like squeeze every once in a while. <laughs> My Andy goes off camera for a minute every now and then. Yeah, yeah. He's got the the squint Check face me undies. <laughs> yeah. um, Ryan, Ryan Johnson, you're saying Tampa Bay team total under three and a half. That's uh, that's his look there for tonight. The, the thing that I think is interesting about this matchup because obviously when you look at it, you automatically think, okay, well this could be uh, an absolute goalie duel with. Vasilevsky and Hellebuck, 
<laughs> if you look back the last three meetings, uh, yeah. the team that's won has scored seven goals. So, you know, yeah. the over 5 0 one of the last six meetings, it, it's one of those things. It's kind of like with Tampa Bay and Toronto. Unfamiliar opponents. Yeah, but well, it was just one of those things where you just assume something's going to happen. Like Tampa Bay, Toronto, for example, it was like the lines were like seven for like a bunch of the matchups, <laughs> and then they ended up going like three, two finals. So the same <laughs> thing here. You just automatically kind of gut, gut look and see, okay, Tampa Bay, Winnipeg is probably going to go under at six. More than likely, might fly over. So that that might be the way I'd leave. Yeah, I agree with Alex. Better to right. better to look at going against conventional wisdom in these situations because, um, you know, you like it's almost like betting yes to a run scored in the first inning on when there's a pitcher's duel, right? Like, I mean, yep. I don't know. Yeah. No. Uh, all right, let's look at another game here. Two teams that are in the running for Connor Bedard, uh, the generational talent, and they're <laughs> salivating after the uh, the interview last night that Andy was not uh, not the biggest fan of. But oh, Alex that. is rocking the uh, <laughs> Alex is rocking the jersey uh, right now for them. Uh, Alex, what do you like in this Hawks Arizona game tonight? This has the same feel as when the Hawks were at home playing Columbus the other night. Two bad teams. On a Friday night, and it just feels like, especially when you got Arizona, that's kind of been on the road for a while. I mean, they're a road weary team, right? They've gotten half their road game on the season out of the way. It seems like uh, I think this is a good spot here for the Hawks. Not crazy about laying a price here. That was a plus price they got at home and then winning against uh, Columbus. But I do think the Hawks can take care of business at home tonight. And like you mentioned, these are two teams that are tanking. This is typical Hawks fashion, and they should be losing this game. They end up winning it four to two. So <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that. That's a slight part of the handicap, but I really do think that the Hawks—they've been competitive in, in a lot of these losses. Uh, it's just that the blue line's been terrible, and the goaltending's been shaky. Kind of do want to see if it's going to be uh, Alex Stalock instead of Peter Morazic. Much rather back Stalock. Uh, Morazic's oh. movement has just been awful. He yep. looks like he's still injured, to be honest. Uh, when yep. His lateral movement's non-existent. So that's kind of the the one caveat I had, but I, I still do think that Anaheim kind of you know plays this one a little slow. Or I'm sorry, Arizona plays this one a little slow. I like Chicago here on the money. Yeah, we Andy, we might get a uh, the barn burner here. <laughs> it should be uh, it should be what um, what's his name? Why? Oh my god, I hate when this happens. When I'm too, I have no idea what you're yeah, doing. Fried, when I'm too fried about. to remember basic things. Um, uh, god damn it! What's the backup's name in Arizona? Oh, uh, Ingram. Connor Ingram. Yeah, that's yeah. his name, Connor. We've been talking about Connor so much, and I can't remember the worst one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Connor, uh, like. I'm worried about the Coyotes because if you look at, like, I know Vizmelka probably won't play tonight, but uh, if you look at his recent performance, like, he was one of the best goalies in the NHL uh, for a large portion of this season and at least by goal saved above expected. Um, but you look at his recent performances and, I mean, the Coyotes can't give him any help as far as keep, you know, defensively, right? And it's like, so they might really go on a a, a downturn here if uh, if he if he falls apart. Agreed. And, and like uh, to Alex's point as well, like if we get Ingram and Mrazic, I think over six and a half at plus money is a definite look because uh, that's going to be, you know, you, you, if, if you have a kid that's a, a goaltender, that's like the game you make them watch and say, don't do this stuff. Don't do this stuff <laughs> that these guys are doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, 
Rob, I was also looking at the Islanders-Calgary Flames game here tonight. Uh, it is a big price on Calgary, but we're talking about how we're not afraid of these big prices. Uh, are you are you afraid of this big price on Calgary here tonight against the Islanders? So I, I'm, I'm looking at the Islanders, full transparency to the audience. I have not bet the Islanders yet at plus 190. My issue is that Varlamov hasn't made a start since December 17th. And I'm not a huge fan of backing these goalies in their first game back. Uh, there tends to be a little bit of rust. This is supported by numbers as well. This isn't narrative-based. You get a goalie off an extended layoff coming back. They tend not to be up to the level that they were previously in that first start. However, Calgary, I've found, has just been overpriced for a long time. And they are playing better. They're kind of turning their season around now. But Jacob Mar Markstrom, in particular, he's... I mean, he could have a bad game at any point with the way that he's been playing so far this season. And I, I, I just, I mean, I think there's a valuable bet on the Islanders to be made here. I probably would go like a smaller unit play than normal because of the uncertainty uh, with the Varlamov situation off of a long layoff. But uh, I don't think Calgary's deserving of these price tags yet. No, no one in the West really is except for Dallas. And even then they lose to Anaheim as like big favorites. So like, I, I don't I don't think that there's a that much discrepancy. And then I talked about this a couple weeks ago when I was on edge work, but you have your east west matchup, which again, one conference is just so much better than the other, in my opinion. And they play each other so infrequently that I don't think that this is a thing that the market has caught up to yet. But I I don't see that much separating these two teams. I'm not even a huge Islanders fan. So, uh, I, yeah, give me the plus one. Nine You're not a huge game. Islanders fan? Really? I mean, come on. I thought when, they, were... when they, you know, mock John Tavares in his first game back there, get 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 banned yeah. Islanders fans. Bunch of <laughs> no, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying that because, like, I'm sure you're on record as saying that Islanders fans are the worst human beings on the planet. Well, I've gone through that with probably at least six NHL fan bases over yeah, time. Yeah, true enough, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I'm like I'm in agreeing. I agree with Rob, but like um, Calgary. I mean, if they were uh, if they were priced like twenty cents lower on average uh, in every single game, I would bet on them in every single game. But they are, you know, just regularly playing close, tight games that you know you worry about them in because they they can't seem to score any goals. Um, and, uh, and the Islanders have good goaltending. I mean, it's, you're probably looking at another three, two game here, right? Like it's, it's, it's the kind of hockey that, that the flames have been playing and, uh, and, uh, they're, uh, you know, a, a frustrating team. I think they're the worst They're like, as far as a team that I don't want to bet against, but I don't want to bet on that's it's the Calgary flames, right? Like they're, they're, they're just right in the middle of like being not really attractive in any way. So there's always like a team every year where, their you know expected goals numbers look really good and they're just never able to catch up to that level of yep. performance and like to me it's calgary this year like that's the team where okay on paper people just keep wanting to bet them because they're like oh it has to turn it has to turn their expected goals is this and that remember those years of like three four years ago with carolina where they just like outshot everyone like 45 to 20 every game but they couldn't score a goal and they like did you know that's yeah. that reminds me of calgary now it's like the ottawa senators too the the senators are another team right now that like i mean i think i think you look at brady kachuk he leads the nhl in in a lot of the uh you know offensive shot generation kind of categories uh but he doesn't he doesn't score enough 
uh, you know, relative to what he what you know he should he did he clearly has a you know lack shooting talent because or finishing talent because um, it's a pretty big sample sample size here and you know he kind of kind of sums up what the Ottawa Senators are about and that's uh, underperforming on offense even though they generate a ton of shots. I, I also uh, think that, sorry to interrupt Zach, we can move on, but I also think that there's a chance Vladar gets a start here as well. I think that's, I'm not projecting Markstrom as like a 90% tonight. I think I have him closer to 75%. So that would be a little bit more upside in the Islanders as well. Well, Kyle Estrada asking here, Islanders puck line, is that something you would look at? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm seeing like minus 140 range now. I don't, you know. Yeah, basically minus 145. That's kind of right on the edge of what I would make it. Um, I honestly just don't mind taking a shot on these big underdogs plus 190. I'd, I'd rather the, the money line, but... Don't be uh, afraid of the plus sign, Rob. Yeah, don't be I mean, afraid of the plus sign. Hey, Edgework is hitting underdog winners, man. John, <laughs> yeah. Johnny Tavares plus 205 yesterday. The St. Louis Blues were banging away on these underdogs. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. Final game of the night we'll get to here. We have a bunch of bets in this one uh, from all, all of us. So here, San Jose, Anaheim. Right now, as it stands, San Jose minus 133. Uh, well, I mean, that's a little off market there, but you can find them kind of around minus 140-ish in that range and Anaheim plus 130. Uh, Rob, we'll start with you. What are you looking at in this game between the Sharks and the Ducks? Andy's uh, Andy's favorite team, the San Jose Sharks. I'm, uh, I'm looking at Kapo Kakinen, who's played 15 games this year and has a minus 14.95 goal saved above expected. I think it's almost impossible to put together numbers like that. Like it's so off the charts bad that it almost feels fake. Like I, I had to do a double take to make sure it was the right number. Uh, I'm looking at the plus money over six and a half in this game. We already talked about how the Ducks themselves are like, they give up four goals per game. They're dead last in the league. They can't defend anything. Horrendous, horrendous defensive team. Now they struggle to score. So you have to take that into account as well. But going up against the goalie in uh, Kakanen, who I think is like, obviously the numbers stating extremely bad. Uh, I think this is mispriced. I honestly expected over six and a half at like minus 115 or so. Uh, getting the plus money there, I think is uh, a pretty solid bet. And these teams, listen, I, I, there are like the styles make matchups in the NHL as well. I think there's some credence to that. I don't go over, you know, overboard with it. But if you look at the recent meetings between these two teams, there's some pretty high-scoring affairs in there. Barn Six, burners, five, five. would you say? I mean, if it was two different teams, I'd call this game, like I'd call those barn burners, but I don't <laughs> think it's fair to call Sharks and Ducks uh, a barn burner in any any capacity. But, yeah, I like the over in this game at 6.5. Listen, Todd, keep your picks to yourself, buddy. You're not on this show. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Toddy props back to Tuesday, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, the Ducks. I mean, let's uh, forget about the goals that they allow. No team like so. Evolving Hockey has uh, data, like shot data, all the way back to 2007, 2008. I'm gonna count really quick. I think that's 16 seasons. Uh, <laughs> and uh, no team has allowed more shots on a per 60 minute basis than the Anaheim Ducks. And outside of the Blue Jackets, who they're kind of like trading with every couple of days. Uh, nobody's allowed more goals. Um, you know, this this is a bad hockey. Rob said, like, a historically bad uh, defensive team. Um, they will, 
you know, <laughs> probably allow some goals to that. I mean, they they got they're coming off a shutout in which John Gibson st- uh, saved 3.2 goals above expected. Easily one of the best goaltending performances you'll see all season long. Um, hopefully that's not a sign of things to come because you know I just want to see this Anaheim Ducks team keep keep losing. Uh, but uh, but I, I like Timo Meyer to, to score a goal. Todd's betting him over four and a half shots. I don't think it's out of the question to see this guy get six somewhere between six and ten shots today like you know Anaheim is is a black hole where where you know offenses go to to just it it generate shots for all eternity like and and Timo (laughs) Meyer is probably gonna take advantage of that right so yep like that plus 115 not the most attractive bet but as far as action goes I think it's a, a fun bet to make tonight he's gonna have plenty of opportunities Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm just rolling with the same thing I've been rolling with for the last couple of weeks. I'm going with the first period over. Sharks are 11-2 and two, last 13 of the first period over. I did not play it last game because they're playing against Chicago, a team that's notorious for first period unders this season. But hopping right back on that because, as you mentioned, these have been high-scoring affairs. These are two teams that, I mean, they're, they're awful to watch, but they don't like each other. Those California teams all have a rivalry amongst one another. And maybe they'll wear the good the new jerseys, right? And that'll make it a little bit easier on the eyes. <laughs> maybe. That would, that would be nice. That would be nice. But uh, I think we see scoring here early and often in here. So I laid the, the $1.40 with a one-and-a-half in the first period. And oh, and and I just did, did want to mention that the Myers has been an absolute menace. Just scored, he scored eight goals in his last eleven games here. So, um, you know, he's coming in, coming in pretty hot to this game. Yeah, he's gonna look real nice alongside uh, John Tavares and Mitch Marner. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's I will, about. I will lose my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted Hurdle to the Bruins, man, but it didn't happen. But. You know, Hampus Lindholm's been a pretty good addition. Yes, he has been. Yeah, well, with uh, Jake DeBrusco out there, they might have to uh, go and uh, pull a little Tampa Bay LTIR, add some people at the deadline, you can add some big money players there with hey, him out. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think that about does it for today's show. Are there any other best bets out there that you guys wanted to give? Oh my God, Andy, <laughs> before we headed off or anything else? andy also Uh, i want to congratulate you and and also thank you because you um in 2022 it was the early front runner for father of the year was my dad and then we started getting inside info that andy was uh you know actively starting to up his stock in it and you closed out 2022 very strong missing the final show of the year putting your kids health first so yes. congratulations yep. to you and thank you for uh for helping me cash that I threw a little money at it uh, at the end there you had to go to the, the, the big underdog what if the reason he had to go to the dentist was me though right like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you eat your cereal you eat your sugar cereal before bed <laughs> right, Trial abuse is funny <laughs> i'm just uh, joking andy, I, there was uh i can't remember the story andy you did have like a father of the year tweet uh a couple years back i think i can't do you oh no no that was earlier this year when i said i tried doing all right no i think we talked about it on the show that i try not to uh yeah try not to gamble on <laughs> i try not to gamble on the special occasions right because i, I do yes i played dfs and and bet all day uh, my wife was in labor for like 12 hours and I was playing DFS like for most of that time and uh, I, I kind of felt bad after that so I've tried to you know 
I won. I won. It was a good day. I mean, <laughs> DFS, man, it's uh, you, the hockey DFS is addicting, man. Just cheering for those shots on goal, t- tweeting at the NHL whenever they don't credit a player with a shot on goal. Hey, watch the tape back. This guy, this time in the second <laughs> period, there was a shot. Cost me $5,000. <laughs> Speaking of, before we go, though, I would, one of the deep dives I want to do um, is, is, a deep dive on on you know the 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 most biased rinks around the NHL and the most you know the tendencies around the NHL because if you watch a game uh, in Calgary, watch the Flames and Islanders tonight. You will see some shit. You will see some shots that would be shots in eighty five percent of ninety percent of the arenas in the NHL probably uh, not not be counted as shots because the Calgary people just think they're so savvy. Oh, we know what a shot is. We're from Calgary. Countdown, baby. <laughs> Like these, 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 no, but seriously, like you got, like in these smart hockey markets, they think like, oh, that's not a shot. I'm not marking that. I was like, do your fucking job, buddy. Yeah. There's a universal universal definition of what a shot is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need you game in the system here to make, oh, no, 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 I think I'm going to make a judgment call here. That shot was from 40 feet. He just lobbed it in. I'm not going to count it as a shot, (laughs) even though it was directly into the goaltender's chest. And if it was a goal, it would be counted as a shot. Yeah. Oh, you. <laughs> Seriously, man, we got it's 2023, and we have beat writers that guess out starting goaltender information. We've got shot clock people that are just like, yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna mark that one. It's just, it's, it's bush league. That's what it is. Forget about inflation, global warming. These are the problems we need to deal with. How the shots are recorded yeah. at NHL rinks. I like it. Put it on the docket. Why not? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the chat. The chat was lively today. Thought I was keep it up, yeah, guys. That. Yeah. No. Thank you to everyone who participated in the chat. And again, if you if you didn't, uh, you can do Shame so in the future by going to our YouTube channel as Edgework. You can subscribe, turn on notifications by clicking the bell. You'll get notified every time that we go live. And if you want to comment, we do see it on re- in real time on the YouTube channel. Unfortunately, we don't see it on Twitter. But again, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so as Edgework Show on Twitter. And you can find all the picks that are given out in this sh- on the show in real time on the BetStamp app in the Find Better section as BetStamp. So, uh... Thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. Don, th- nice little winner yesterday on the sorrow steal. And uh, Robbery. as he says, it is the year of the poopy pants, Andy. So <laughs> keep an eye out for those early morning Red Bulls. But thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. Greatly appreciate it. Guys, thank you for the insights. As always, fun chat. So thank you very much. And uh, I will see everyone next week. Go Caps.